Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Now, the United Nations Security Council is likely to vote tomorrow on an Algerian push for the 15-member body to demand an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. That is, uh, according to some diplomatic sources. I wanted to find out more about this. So joining me right now is David Smith. He's a Washington correspondent of The Guardian. Good morning, David. How are you? Fine, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for the time. David, there just seem to be more and more bills, votes against Israel, um, whether it's happening in the ICJ, whether it's happening in you know, the corridors, whether it's, wherever it is, it's just this global condemnation, which is building. And what's so ironic is that I'm talking to you about this on the tail end of an interview that I just did with somebody who's, well, the regular host of The Morning Mayhem, and he is currently going through those those kibbutzim that were attacked and, uh, you know, the invasion and the massacre of the 9th, the, sorry, of the 7th of uh, October. So there's as there's a, there's definitely a groundswell of condemnation against Israel. Firstly, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow at tomorrow's vote? In the security oh, I council. Think, um, yeah. I think I uh, think for the third time uh, the United States will veto a UN uh, resolution um, if it's pointedly calling for an immediate ceasefire. That is not uh, the policy. In Washington, and Linda Thomas-Greenfield, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., has already indicated that uh, America would wield that uh, veto. Um, and whenever this is raised um, with the National Security Council and the spokespeople, as it often is, at the White House press briefing, for example, um, the, the stock response is, uh, you know, we do not believe this is the right time for a ceasefire. Uh, that would allow uh, Hamas to... Uh, reconstitute and rebuild um israel has a right to defend itself um this is the um american policy um and uh it will not be the first time uh, certainly on the israel israel issue that uh, the u.s does end up being a bit of an an outlier and out of step with uh, the opinion of uh, south africa and many other countries has it i mean if there was a situation where a where it wasn't vetoed right and this resolution for a ceasefire is passed what would what would actually happen try and uh, if you can maybe try and explain to me or i have a, an inner five-year-old in my brain <laughs> sometimes it oscillates between the, the five-year-old and it just needs to it needs to know um what would happen in the case where the united states didn't veto such a resolution and the resolution yes, passed. Uh, I mean, so what would the United Nations do then? That's a great question uh, because we're, we've become so locked in a, a mindset of we know how it goes. It's, it's always worth asking that. Uh, well, actually, what is the alternative scenario? Let's think the unthinkable, which has been plenty of in certainly in American politics and, and global politics in recent years. Um, and I, I think, sadly, probably the first thing to say is... Um, perhaps not much would happen or, or, or less than many would like in the same way as that uh, ICJ case. Um, these bodies do not necessarily have much clout um, 
you know, they don't have their own enforcement mechanisms, their own armies, their own police and, and so on. They're often in an advisory capacity. So um, I don't really see how the UN could enforce a ceasefire. But the important component would be America, um, which obviously can bring some significant pressure to bear on Israel, although the last few months would raise questions over how effective that really is. You know, I think in practice, um, it would be a symbolic moment. And, and, you know, it would be important, you know, did the US actually vote in favor of resolution or more likely did it just uh, abstain? Uh, but, you know, let's hypothetically say the US was on board with a, a ceasefire, then, uh, you know, that could be a moment where there'd be diplomatic pressure and certainly America could start to um, make military aid to Israel uh, conditional. It could slow down um, the weapons it supplies to Israel um, and, uh, and, you know, sort of warn that the relationship was on very uh, thin ground. Um, uh, it could also, you know, aggressively call for Palestinian statehood, for example, as, a, as an important um, gesture. Uh, but, but, but all of that said, I think another reason why that's unlikely to happen is that um, Ultimately, the U.S. believes the the most important way forward here is to get a deal between the Israeli government and Hamas, uh, with the blessing of the Israeli Prime Minister. And um, it it probably thinks that's that's not going to happen if the the U.S. Uh, takes an aggressive posture right now. So interesting because I saw one of the other stories yesterday, and um, I do know that I need to hurry up because we have to get to news. But I saw one of the other stories yesterday. Um, there was a commentary, a comment by one of the other countries that said that there are so many Arab countries wanting to normalize relations between themselves and Israel. And I just keep thinking back that that was a large part of the motivation for the 7th of October, was a normalization of, t- of ties. What's your thought? Yeah, I think uh, Joe Biden himself has said that, you know, he does not have concrete evidence, but he certainly has a, a hunch, an instinct that uh, that was, as you say, the uh, the reason for Hamas to launch this attack when they did, a feeling that the Palestinians were being neglected and marginalized yet again, um, certainly well out of the news uh, and an agenda dominated by Ukraine and so on, but, but also in, yeah, in the Middle East that... Uh, normalization in relations between Israel and the Arab countries would again um, leave the Palestinians uh, behind. And so a real test going forward as to whether, despite what's happened, um, those countries can still try to you know, bring uh, bring closer relations. And, and obviously uh, there is now a great deal of resentment uh, towards Israel for the way it's uh, conducting this war. Um, and the longer this campaign goes on, um, the, the harder it will be. Um, so in that sense, you know, Hamas sadly was somewhat successful uh, in its um, objectives. And, you know, you just see that massive swing in perception where uh, a few months ago, Jake Sullivan, the U.S. national security advisor, pronounced uh, you know, the Middle East is the most peaceful and stable it's been for 20 or 30 years. And, and now after October the 7th, you just had a similar official saying, you know, I think it was Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, saying this is the most dangerous, volatile, unstable moment uh, for, for 50 years, maybe longer. So, I mean, that's, 
that's how it, how dramatically <laughs> it has uh, swung. And um, yeah, a very delicate moment, which is also uh, having huge blowback for Joe Biden domestically in America, where you know, many voters, especially people on the left, people on his own side, uh, say he's you know, failing to show compassion for the Palestinian people. And it may be costly for him in the uh, presidential election in the US in November. Yeah, and with politicians, one never really knows, do we? You know, personal personal opinions versus public opinions always differ. Thank you very, very much for your time, David. I wish you a wonderful day. And uh, just thank you for sharing some insight. That is David. He's a Washington correspondent at The Guardian.